0: This evening we're going to consider Pharaoh's dreams and Joseph's exaltation, and we're looking at Genesis chapter 41. In Genesis chapter 41, the spirit of the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, was troubled by two dreams that he had. Consequently, he called for all his magicians and wise men to give him the interpretation of his dreams, but... They were unable to do so. Then Pharaoh's chief butler remembered that Joseph had accurately interpreted a dream that he dreamt and also the dream of the chief butler, uh, Chief baker two years earlier when they were both in prison with Joseph. The chief butler told Pharaoh about Joseph, Joseph was sent for and he duly explained Pharaoh's dreams. Also we see Pharaoh giving Joseph the daughter of the priest of On, that could be the chief ruler of On, to be his wife. She bare him two sons, Manasseh was the firstborn and then came Ephraim. Although we're not told about it in this chapter, you may be aware that those two, Manasseh and Ephraim, they became patriarchs of Israel with two of the tribes of Israel being named after them. First of all, this evening, we can consider Pharaoh's two dreams. In Pharaoh's first dream, he saw seven fat cows come up out of the river and they fed in a meadow. Then seven thin cows came up after the fat ones and ate them. When they had eaten them, they remained lean and ill-favored as before. In Pharaoh's second dream, he saw seven fat and good ears of corn come up on one stalk. But then seven thin ears of corn sprung up, and they devoured the fat and good ones. Then, according to verse 8, it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. If you were listening when I was reading the whole chapter to you, and when you consider how this chapter progresses with um, Joseph being released from prison and his exaltation, it's reasonable to say that God, who gave Pharaoh those two dreams also troubled his spirit so much so that it resulted in him calling for his magicians and his wise men instead of simply hoping that he would forget all about those horrible dreams and hope that his next dreams would be nice ones. But they troubled him, they troubled his spirit so much so that he called for his wise men to give the interpretation which they failed to do and so on and so on. As always, can you see the providence of God in all this before we even go any further with this? As we've been looking at the life of Joseph through the weeks, we've seen the providence of God all the way through and that God was with him in all the situations that he was in when he was thrown into a pit by his brothers left to die. Then he was sold to Midianite merchantmen who sold him to Potiphar, the captain of the guard in Egypt. He became a slave for Potiphar. He rose up in Potiphar's household to have, to take charge of everything in the house apart from Potiphar's wife his lustful wife, who made advances towards Joseph. He literally ran away from her one day when she made a grab for him and she was left holding his robe in her hand and he ran off. Having said, how can I do this evil and sin against God? And um, she then... Well, talk about put a spin on it all. She, she, she falsely accused Joseph to her husband Potiphar, and unsurprisingly, Joseph was thrown into prison. The Lord was with Joseph in prison. He rose up in prison to to be the servant of the jailer and he was given charge of all the other prisoners. Joseph was a prisoner himself, but he had privileges in prison and responsibilities. And as we've seen, we've also seen in the previous chapter, uh, two men who had been thrown into prison for some undisclosed undisclosed offences, the chief butler and the chief baker of Pharaoh, both put in prison. They had terrible dreams. Well, one had a good dream, as it turned out. The other one had a terrible dream. The chief butler was restored in accordance with the um, interpretation that Joseph gave concerning his dream. As for the chief butler, or the chief baker, he died. And that also was in accordance with, or in agreement with, the interpretation that Joseph gave concerning his dream. So all the, all through this, we've seen God with Joseph, and now um, he's still in prison at the beginning of this chapter. Pharaoh's had his dream, two dreams in fact, troubled his spirit. His wise men, his sorcerers, his magicians, none of them were able to give an interpretation. Even though the interpretation of the dreams belongs to God, those workers of deceit, because that's what they were, the magicians and all the rest of them, those workers of deceit that were sent for could have invented some kind of clever explanation to give to Pharaoh. They never were going to be able to say with any certainty what those dreams were all about. It's not as if they could see into the future. But they could have made something up. Just like the astrologers do nowadays for people who are gullible enough to read the nonsense under their star sign. Or when people have their palms read. Or they go to someone who looks in a crystal ball and then tells them what the future holds for them. It's a lot of nonsense, but people are gullible enough to, to do that kind of thing. I believe that one of the previous presidents of the United States wouldn't leave his house until he'd consulted the astrologers. But they didn't make up an explanation to give to Pharaoh. Instead, they acknowledged their ignorance concerning the meaning of the king's dreams. In the book of Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon required his magicians, astrologers, sorcerers and the Chaldeans to tell him what he dreamt and to give the interpretation. However, they said to him, it is a rare thing that the king requireth and there is none other than that can show it before the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this cause the king was angry and very furious, and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. I can't help wondering if the failure of Pharaoh's wise men to come up with uh, an interpretation of Pharaoh's two dreams was their undoing, was their downfall, just like it was for the, the wise men of Babylon. After all, like the wise men of Babylon, About 1,100 years later, it was part of their job description to interpret dreams. That's what they were expected to do, the impossible. At least for them, it was impossible. Secondly, we can consider Joseph's rise from prison inmate to prime minister. Let's have a look at verse 1 in chapter 41. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. We see that it was two full years since Joseph had accurately interpreted the dream of the chief butler and the dream of the chief baker in prison. So two years later, the chief baker, he was dead, but the chief butler, he'd been restored to his duties in the palace. And when Joseph gave the interpretation of that dream to Pharaoh, he uh, to, to, sorry, when Joseph gave the interpretation of the, Uh, the chief butler's dream, two years earlier in prison, he said to the chief butler, think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away, out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon." However, as can be seen in chapter 40, verse 23, the butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Just look at that last verse in chapter 40. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Forgot all about him. As a result of the chief butler's forgetfulness, and more to the point, thanks to the providence of God, who works all things together for good to them that love Him, to them who are called according to His purpose. I say that because remember, God was with Joseph; the Lord was with him. We're told that several times, and so I don't—I don't, I don't know—but I don't imagine Joseph re- thought that he'd be in prison another two years. But um, clearly, God, who works things out, all things for the good of them that love him who are the called according to his purpose it was his purpose for Joseph to spend another two years in prison why would that be? well his reliance would be on God it would be an uh, that experience it would be a, a time of growing in his faith he could do nothing to secure his release from prison the chief butler had gone I suppose it became apparent to Joseph after a time, he's forgotten me. What can he do? What could he do? He tempted to say, well, the only thing he could do was look to God. But that would be the best thing to do anyway, wouldn't it? And so perhaps it was a case of Joseph spending two years of focusing his thoughts on God who was with him and trusting in the Lord, who had been with him thus far. And that is the very best thing that any of us can do. Whatever the circumstances, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Having forgotten about Joseph for those two years, The chief butler's memory was jogged when the magicians and the wise men failed to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. Looking at verse 9 in chapter 41. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my thoughts this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me inward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker, and we (coughs) dreamed a dream In one night, I and he, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, an Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man according to his dream, he did interpret. And it came to pass, as he interpreted to us, so it was, me he restored unto mine office, and him, that's the chief baker, he hanged. You can imagine Pharaoh hearing that from his chief butler, having had those two dreams that had troubled his spirit, so much so that he called his magicians and wise men, and he still, they, they failed to give him the uh, interpretations of the dreams. What? It, it, he sent for Joseph. He sent for Joseph. And... Even before Joseph heard what it was that Pharaoh had dreamt he said Joseph said God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace so certain was Joseph that God would give the interpretation this he said that before Pharaoh explained what the two dreams were to him Pharaoh then told Joseph what he dreamt and Joseph gave the interpretations which were from god both dreams pointed to the same future events seven years of plenty followed by seven years of severe severe famine in the land of egypt then upon joseph's counsel that a wise and discerning man be appointed and given charge of the land i wonder who landed the job of being that uh, of being that wise and discerning man Joseph, of course. Pharaoh promoted Joseph from prison inmate to second in charge of Egypt. Can you see how it's all coming together, this, though? None of that would have come together if it hadn't have been for Pharaoh being troubled in his spirit. And as I've said already, it was God who gave him those two dreams, also gave him the troubled spirit, and and so on and so on. Joseph took charge of the food supplies and during the seven years of plenty he stored up food in the storehouses for seven years of famine that would follow and that did follow. During the seven years of famine we're told in verse 57 that all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because that the famine was so sore in all lands. So the famine wasn't just in Egypt. It, it, it was elsewhere. And that's highly significant as shall be seen next time and next chapter in as much as amongst those, amongst those who made the journey to Egypt to get food during the seven years of famine were Joseph's big brothers. The same brothers, well, the brothers who had thrown him into a pit and left him to die until instead the Midianite merchantmen came along and bought him uh, as a, and brought him into slavery 20 years earlier or thereabouts that would have been anyway that'll have to wait until next week sticking to chapter 41 this evening, Joseph was given power over life and death in that he held the keys to the storehouses of food during the seven years of famine as such one might say that he was a savior to all who came to him for food quite literally his their lives were in his hands that points to the lord jesus christ about whom it is written there is none other name given under heaven under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved thus from acts chapter 4 verse 12 none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Not might be saved or anything else, but must be saved. Also Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But we have to come to Jesus, and that means believing on him, receiving him as your saviour, from sin. In verse 41 it is written that Pharaoh set Joseph over all the land of Egypt and in verse 40 Pharaoh said to him, thou shalt be over my house and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Where it's written, according unto thy word, shall all my people be ruled. If you're looking at that in verse 40 there. That could be read as, according unto thy word, shall all my people kiss. If you've got a centre margin in your Bible, you'll see that. So, shall all my people be ruled, or shall all my people kiss. And that means, shall all my people kiss, means that when the people saw Joseph, they were to kiss their own hand, signifying their respect for him and their subjection to him. And I've seen this. I've seen this in, in India, and I think I've probably seen it in, in East London, where people, they kiss, kiss their hand and then put their hand on their forehead. A mark of respect and subjection. And that's precisely what it means to kiss the hand is to show respect and subjection. And that points to Psalm 2 verse 12, where it is written, Kiss the son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Tell me, have you kissed The Son of God. In other words, have you joyfully submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you trusted in Him as your Saviour from sin? Kiss the Son, lest He be angry and ye perish from the way. Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. Joseph was exalted from lowly prisoner to Prime Minister of Egypt. In Genesis chapter 41 and verse 43, it says that Pharaoh made Joseph to ride in the second chariot that he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. They were to bow the knee before Joseph. That all points to the Lord Jesus Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. This speaks of Jesus coming down from heavenly glory into this dark world of sin. God being manifest in the flesh and coming into the world as a lowly servant. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Doesn't get any lower than that, does it? He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, the incarnate Son of God. When he was nailed to a cross and lifted up to die. Wherefore God also have highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that will be the scene when Jesus comes again at the judgment, every knee will bow Before Jesus and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What about now? Do you bow the knee now before Jesus? Worshipping him, adoring him as your Saviour and your Lord. Last of all, In the previous chapter, chapter 40, the Lord communicated future events in dreams to two heathen men. I've already spoken about it. The chief butler, the chief baker. But they did not understand what it was that they dreamt. Then in chapter 41, as we've seen tonight, the Lord communicated to the heathen king of Egypt, in dreams, future events that would span 14 years, and he didn't understand what it was that he dreamt either. It brings to mind what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. The natural man, this is the unregenerate man, the the man who is dead in his trespasses and sins. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, just as a blind man cannot see the sun, all who are spiritually dead cannot see the Son of righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ, when they read the Bible. They cannot see the beauty, the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ. They cannot see that he is the altogether lovely Son of God. Just as a deaf man cannot hear the sweetest music, the spiritually dead cannot hear the sweet tones of the gospel. For him, the gospel is foolishness. But to all of you, all of you dear Christians in here, who by the grace of God are saved from your sins, the gospel of Christ is the power of God. And that sums up the two categories of people in this whole world. There are those who are dead in their sins. For them the gospel of Christ is foolishness. And then there are those who, having been raised up to newness of life by God the Holy Spirit, sing from hearts filled with thanksgiving and praise. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It soothes our sorrows, heals our wounds and drives away the fear. I wonder, which category are you in? Is the gospel foolishness to you? Or have you shown repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour from sin? Don't wait until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again in judgement. Bow down before him today. Worship and adore him, acknowledging and confessing him to be the God of your salvation, who rose victorious, having paid the price for your sin with his own precious blood. Amen.